0: Welcome back, everyone, to 1001 Classic Short Stories and Tales. This is your host, John Hagedorn. Today, Jim Baker's Blue Jay Yarn by Mark Twain. Hope you enjoy it. Animals talk to each other,
1: of course. There can be no question about it. But I suppose there are very few people who can understand them. I never knew but one man who could. I knew he could, however because he told me so himself. He was a middle-aged, simple-hearted miner who had lived in a lonely corner of California, among the woods and mountains, a good many years, and had studied the ways of his only neighbors, the beasts and the birds, until he believed he could accurately translate any remark which they made. This was Jim Baker. According to Jim Baker, Some animals have only a limited education and use only very simple words and scarcely ever a comparison or a flowery figure, whereas certain other animals have a large vocabulary, a fine command of language, and a ready and fluent delivery. Consequently, these latter talk a great deal. They like it, they are conscious of their talent, and they enjoy showing off. Baker said that after long and careful observation, he had come to the conclusion that the Blue Jays were the best talkers he had found among birds and beasts. Said he, There's more to a Blue Jay than any other creature. He has got more moods and more different kinds of feelings than any other creature. And mind you, whatever a Blue Jay feels, he can put into language. And no mere commonplace language either, but rattling, out-and-out book talk. And bristling with metaphor too, just bristling. And as for command of language, why you never see a blue jay get stuck for a word. No man ever did. They just boil out of him. And another thing, I've noticed a good deal, and there's no bird or cow or anything that uses as good grammar as the blue jay. You may say a cat uses good grammar. Well, a cat does. But you let a cat get excited once. You let a cat get to pulling fur with another cat on a shed nights, and you'll hear grammar that'll give you the lockjaw. Ignorant people think it's the noise which fighting cats make that's so aggravating. But it ain't so. It's the sickening grammar they use. Now, I've never heard a jay use bad grammar but very seldom. And when they do, they are as ashamed as a human. They shut right down and leave. You may call a jay a bird. Well, so he is, in a measure, because he's got feathers on him and don't belong to no church, perhaps. But otherwise, he is just as much a human as you be. And I'll tell you for why. A jay's gifts... And instincts and feelings and interests cover the whole ground. A jay hasn't got any more principle than a congressman. A jay will lie, a jay will steal, a jay will deceive, a jay will betray, and four times out of five, a jay will go back on his solemnest promise. The sacredness of an obligation is a thing which you can't cram into no blue jay's head. Now, on top of all this, there's another thing. A jay can outswear any gentleman in the mines. You think a cat can swear? Well, a cat can, but you give a blue jay a subject that calls for his reserve powers, and where is your cat? Don't talk to me. I know too much about this thing. And there's yet another thing in the one little particular of scolding just good, clean, out and out scolding. A blue jay can lay over anything, human or divine. Yes, sir, a jay is everything that a man is. A jay can cry. A jay can laugh. A jay can feel shame. A jay can reason and plan and discuss. A jay likes gossip and scandal. A jay has got a sense of humor. A jay knows when he's an ass just as well as you do. Maybe better. If a jay ain't human... He better take in his sign, that's all. Now I'm going to tell you a perfectly true fact about some Blue Jays. When I first begun to understand Jay language correctly, there was a little incident happened here. Seven years ago, the last man in this region, but me, moved away. There stands his house, been empty ever since. A log house with a plank roof. Just one big room and no more. No ceiling, nothing between the raptors and the floor. Well, one Sunday morning I was sitting out here in front of my cabin with my cat, taking the sun and looking at the blue hills and listening to the leaves rustling so lonely in the trees and thinking of my home away yonder in the States that I hadn't heard from in 13 years when a blue jay lit on that house with an acorn in his mouth and says, Hello. I reckon I've struck something. When he spoke, the acorn dropped out of his mouth and rolled down the roof, of course. But he didn't care. His mind was all on the thing he had struck. It was a knothole in the roof. He cocked his head to one side, shut one eye, and put the other one to the hole, like a possum looking down a jug. Then he glanced up with his bright eyes, gave a wink or two with his wings, which signifies gratification, you understand, and says, It looks like a hole. It's located like a hole. Blamed if I don't believe it is a hole. Details. Walked round and round the hole and spied into it from every point of the compass. No use. Now he took a thinking attitude on the comb of the roof and scratched the back of his head with his right foot a minute and finally says, Well, It's too many for me, that's certain. Must be a mighty long hole. However, I ain't got no time to fool around here. I got to tend to business. I reckon it's all right. Chance it anyway. So he flew off and fetched another acorn and dropped it in, and tried to flirt his eye to the hole quick enough to see what become of it. But he was too late. He held his eye there as much as a minute. Then he raised up inside and says... "'Cons' sounded. I don't seem to understand this thing, no way. "'However, I'll tackle her again.' "'So he fetched another acorn and done his level best to see what become of it. "'But he couldn't. "'He says, "'Well, I never struck no such a hole as this before. "'I'm of the opinion it's a totally new kind of hole.' "'Then he begun to get mad. "'He held it in for a spell, walking up and down the comb of the roof.' and shaking his head and muttering to himself. But his feelings got the upper hand of him, presently, and he broke loose and cussed himself black in the face. I never seen a bird take on so much about a little thing. When he got through, he walks to the hole and looks in again for half a minute. and Then he says, Well, you're a long hole and a deep hole and a mighty singular hole altogether. But I've started in to fill you, and I'm damned if I don't fill you, if it takes a hundred years. And with that, away he went. you never seen a bird work so since you was born. He laid into his work like a slave, and the way he hove acorns into that hole for about two hours and a half was one of the most exciting and astonishing spectacles I ever struck. He never stopped to take a look anymore. He just hove them in and went for more. Well, at last, he could hardly flop his wings. He was so tuckered out. He comes a-drooping down once more, sweating like an ice pitcher, drops his acorn in and says, Now, I guess I've got the bulge on you by this time. So he bent down for a look. If you believe me, when his head came up again, he was just pale with rage. He says, I've shoveled acorns enough in there to keep the family thirty years and if I can see a sign of one of them, I wish I may land in a museum with a belly full of sawdust in two minutes. He just had strength enough to crawl up on the comb and lean his back again the Chimbley, and then he collected his impressions and begun to free his mind. I see in a moment that what I mistook for profanity in the mines was only just the rudiments, as you may say. Another blue jay was going by and heard him doing his devotions And stops to inquire what was up. The first blue jay told him the whole circumstance. And says. Now yonder's the hole. If you don't believe me. Go and look for yourself. So this fellow went and looked. And comes back and says. How many did you say you put in there? And the first one says. Not any less than two tons. The other jay went and looked again. He couldn't seem to make it out. So he raised a yell, and three more jays come. They all examined the hole. They all made the sufferer tell it over again. Then they all discussed it, and got up as many leather-headed opinions about it as an average crowd of humans could have done. Well, they called in more jays, then more and more, till pretty soon this whole region appeared to have a blue flush about it. There must have been 5,000 of them and such another jawing and disputing and ripping and cussing you never heard. Every Jay in the whole lot put his eye to the hole and delivered a more chuckle-headed opinion about the mystery than the Jay who went in there before him. They examined the house all over, too. The door was standing half open, and at least one old Jay happened to go and light on it and look in. Of course... That knocked the mystery galley west in a second. There lay the acorns, scattered all over the floor. He flopped his wings and raised a whoop. Come here, he says. Come here, everybody. Hanged if this fool hasn't been trying to fill up a house with acorns. They all came a-swooping down like a blue cloud, and as each fellow lit on the door and took a glance, The whole absurdity of the contract that that first jay had tackled hit him home and he fell over backwards, suffocating with laughter. And the next jay took his place and done the same. Well, sir, they roasted around here on the housetop and the trees for an hour and guffawed over that thing like human beings. It ain't any use to tell me a blue jay hasn't got a sense of humor, because I know better. And memory, too. They brought jays here from all over the United States to look down that hole, every summer for three years, other birds too, and they could all see the point, except an owl that come from Nova Scotia to visit the Yosemite, and he took this thing in on his way back. He said he couldn't see anything funny in it, but then he was a good deal disappointed about Yosemite too.
0: Hi, everyone. Just use promo code 1001stories at BritBox.com. Try it. You'll like it. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax Full Service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time.
1: Thanks for joining us at 1001 Classic Short Stories and Tales. We always appreciate good reviews at Apple Podcasts, and we ask that you share our show with others by helping them subscribe. And we thank you for that. Here are the last three reviews History Made Interesting. By Steve64056. Five stars. Thanks, John, for a great show. You do an amazing job. I look forward to every new episode. And this one by Census Princess. Thank you for existing. I cannot tell you how much I appreciate your podcast. In my previous job with the federal government, I was able to work and listen to books on Play Always. I probably listened to 300 classics, mostly ones that I never seemed to find time to read. But now... That glorious time is over. I work in another department, where any type of device is frowned upon. But all is not lost. I have found you. I am able to secretly listen for short periods of time, which is perfect for one of your wonderfully read short stories. So thank you for making my work life a little more bearable. I look forward to hearing many more beautifully read stories. And great stories by d Sue 13 Okay. This may be a premature review, since I've only listened to two stories so far, but I enjoyed both. I was apprehensive at first listen with my first episode, but I gave another one a shot, and now I'm hooked. I'm going through familiar titles first, and then tackling ones we never heard of. I love that I found this. Great for me while I tend to housework. Thank you all, everybody, for your support. Until next time, this is your host and storyteller, John Hagedorn, and this is our story.